Madeline, I need to speak to Madeline once. She's not here. Oh, thank God. Wait, you wait a damn minute. Oh, gee golly wow. There's not a storyline here. What the fuck is going on? You got your acoustic guitar to go on the corner, bitch? <laughs> oh, Stefan, watching you crumble is so embarrassing. <laughs> Hey, I really hate canned introductions, and I'm going to do my best to read through this because I want to have a good impression of everybody. It's not, uh, you know, we're, we're, I'm doing what I can. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make you interested in listening to my podcast, and I hope I do that just by the sound of my sultry, beautiful voice. I know just by that alone, I'm talking to the void, and that's fine, but um, listen, I made a podcast, and I really hope you enjoy it. Um, it's called Rebel Without a Closet. Essentially, it is just a group of, of queer boys and girls sitting around, reviewing movies, and talking about how they've shaped us. And I'm excited because I want to just essentially focus on queer and queer-adjacent films. So, you know, Mommy Dearest isn't exactly queer, or... Yeah, it is. What am I even talking about? Queer, Mommy Dearest? Jesus Christ. Half the drag queens I know can do that word for word. You know what? You understand what I'm saying. It's a queer podcast. We're going to do movie reviews. I have six people with me in this one that absolutely blow me away with their knowledge and their history. We have Kevin Birchall, Chad Skinner, Joe Abernathy, Tim Singleton, Robbie and Casey Dumeric. Take a listen to the trailer for the 2006 film, Another Gay Movie. Mom? What's going on? I like guys. has done the big A. Scientifically speaking, we're all still virgins. We just need to make a pact. We all get laid before the end of the summer. We each need to define whether we're a top or bottom. Well, I, for one, am 100% top. Isn't anyone bottom curious? What are you curious about, Andy? Get ready for the gayest. Hey, hunters or cucumbers? Well, I guess that's life with a gay son. Sexiest. Like what you see, Bobby? Indeed. Hottest. It is such an honor to meet you without digital censorship. Woof. Naughtiest. What are you wearing? You mentioned water sports. I guess we wanted to take a dip. Raunchiest. Griff finally tapped into the security system in the locker room. Yes. We have Bush. Most outrageous movie of the year. It's sex thing is just not all it's cracked up to be. Did you ever, like, get to third base? Yeah. What's it feel? Like warm, quiche, Murray. Featuring lip syncer James Getzloff, Ram Norton, Scott Thompson, and Daryl Stevens, Richard Hatch, Matthew Rush. God! It's not what it looks like. Andy? So, if you thought it was a dumpster fire back in 2006, really reconsider watching it now in 2020. You'd be shocked to know, if you watched it then, how much it's impacted you now. I 
cannot stress that enough. It is insane and wild to me. So I'm going to be back at the end of the episode. Take a listen with all my friends and uh, just, you know, laugh with us, cry with us. If you cry with us, I'm a little concerned. I, I didn't put anything in there to make you cry, but, but feel free to laugh with us and I will be back at the end of the episode. Say hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here, I hope. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. <laughs> Not, really. not at all. Okay, well, thanks for that. Who are um, you people? <laughs> over everyone else I could have asked. It's, it's, been, it's a wonderful experience for everyone involved. I'm happy you're here. Didn't think I'd get you in, so I'm glad you're here. Thanks I'm... for that compliment. <laughs> oh, so um, do we get paid now or after? Yes, you, you do. I, Bonnie said I was to leave my invoice with, with you. With me. Yes. Yeah, um, checks in the mail. It will be. Um, whether or not it gets to you, I, I don't care. Uh, we watched another game movie created in 2006. Had a budget of about 500000 by Todd Stevens. At this point, it's made over a million. Wow. Flabbergasted. Yeah. It had $500,000? $500,000. And it yeah. looks that bad? I really thought that you were going to make a joke. Like, it had a budget of $500. <laughs> well, actually, apparently they ran out of money. I which is Yes, which is why a lot of the scenes look so... I don't want to say cheap, but definitely not what they were expecting to do, which we can get into. Imagine if like 400000 of that was Scott Thompson. Like they were just like, he charges a lot of money. <laughs> I honestly, I would have paid every penny to have Scott Thompson in my movie. Initial thoughts. Was this everything you wanted and more? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was great seeing this movie. I had never seen it before. And how was that for you? It was uh, I, I, a lot of different emotions. Um, yeah, it was silly. It was fun, but it also was a bit. Uh, I like it was like reminiscing of when I was younger and what I wish my experiences were like mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah, yeah. I was um, I was actually fifteen when I saw it. Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of my first uh, segue into like gay culture. Mm -hmm. uh, no joke. The thing that stuck out the most to me was Richard Hatch to the point that when I asked Devin, what movie are we watching? He goes, I don't know if you've seen it. It's another gay movie. I was like, is that the Richard Hatch one? <laughs> so clearly that whole plot line really had an impression on me. Seeing Which, it for the second time, Joe, like, or first time in what, 14 uh, yeah, years? Yeah, so first time in, yeah, like 10, 12 years. Yeah. Um, well, I remember thinking, oh, well, this will be what my life is like when I move to the big city <laughs> and... Jesus Christ, I'm happy it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, I came in with very low expectations, mm -hmm. and it's met those expectations, <laughs> so I'm happy about that. Okay. So I actually watched this movie when it first came out. I, as I think every young gay man should, mm -hmm. decided to go down the road of learning my history, before mm -hmm. herstory was the term of the day, and this was probably the seventh movie in a, like a long weekend bender of gay films. Really? And I was terrified to watch it again. Really? Terrified. How come? So first and foremost, I just learned today that it cost $500,000 to make this <laughs> movie. And it has changed my entire perception on the film industry and how much this stuff costs. Mm -hmm. I remember watching it for the first time and my first reaction was just based on the probably the coloring of the film yeah. sort of threw me off because it didn't have that Hollywood finesse that a lot of other films did. Well, Todd Stevens actually wanted to create in his versions, if John Waters directed the Brady Bunch, he wanted that early 1950s to mid 1960s atmosphere, which explains 
everything. That, so many parts of it remind me of John Waters movies. Yeah, and wow. so much of it, just from the the shapes and the colors and the design of like the layout. Yeah, everything about it looked to me. I I, I can totally see where he came with the Brady Bunch. Yeah, um, I, see that. I totally get it. Yeah, at the time. As all young gay men should, I had not gotten to the John Waters collection <laughs> at this point, so didn't get a lot Neither of Neither did jokes. I. No, no, no. What a nightmare. So, watching it the first time was like, okay, and I remember I had cringeworthy moments watching mm-hmm. it the first time, and now watching it, how many years later is this? Six, uh, 14. 14 years later. Okay, so I was six years old when I watched it the first yes. time, so keep that as your frame of reference. Okay. I actually think it's aged better. And I enjoyed it more now as a retrospect. 100%. Yeah, it's funny because it was my first movie that I watched um, specifically because I wanted to see a gay movie. Um, and it did not age well. No. <laughs> <laughs> or else my uh, my uh, bed would be filled with uh, condom-covered cucumbers. <laughs> well, safe sex, though. Yeah. Okay, but like safe sex with... Like, those are some pretty... Like, there's more than cucumbers. There... What was it? Like, kumquats? There was, there was actual, like, caulking, like, for, like, home renovations. Yeah. Which I, like, pliers. I missed that on every other time I've watched it, yeah. so I thought that was cute. There were pliers. <laughs> oh, there were. There oh. were pliers. Yeah. So that's kind of like your... Se- no, I'm kidding. So... I think that the beauty of it is it's just a time capsule. Yeah. yeah. So, like, at the time... The things that are presented in the film, I didn't have awareness of all of those things. So there were a lot of references and jokes and experiences that I didn't really connect. But looking back, I'm like, I could place like the week and the month when this film was created. Yeah, 100%. It is shocking. Well, Kevin, did you see this movie when it came out? Or is this something you saw recently? This is something that I saw recently. But watching through it, going through the time period that these characters are in, Mm -hmm. it shows how... Like, at far we've advanced. At, at the time when it came out, I was in grade 12. Mm-hmm. I graduated in 2006. And I would have been so uncomfortable watching it. I, I never would have watched it. Mm-hmm. I was just so far in the closet and so uh, in denial. Mm-hmm. I refused to even watch Degrassi because it had a gay character. <laughs> and it just made me way too uncomfortable to, like, see gay people. Really? And, yeah. And... I, um, yeah, I, I can definitely relate to where uh, homophobia comes from for people who are uh, really uncomfortable with their own internal homophobia. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's it's really interesting uh, watching this movie, being in such a different place and picturing myself back then. This movie just came out, like literally came out when I was 15. Yep. I went and gra- got it after this, like I came out at, right after this movie at, right after seeing this movie like yeah. it was very much mm-hmm. my gay my like gayness is all from this movie I love it I absolutely love it oh my god this movie is a know. lot of good to experience this movie and, and <laughs> yep but I will say the problems in this movie are still very real like oh, the yeah. bottom shaming is a real problem in this film um, the, the the portrayal of a couple of the characters now I will say that I liked the archetype of each character working together. Yeah, isn't that what makes it nice, though? That, like, the main story here, basically every character is queer in some way. Mm-hmm. Isn't it kind of nice that, like, this is basically casting it in this perfect world where, like, perfect for all of us, I guess, where it's no big deal that you're gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they're just like, yeah, lose your virginity. Because, like, like, you know, that's what teenage boys want to do. Well, he actually did that on purpose. Um, he had said in an interview that he wanted to create a world where there was no victims, where the boys, their sexuality had nothing to do with who they were. Everyone just 
was okay with it as if it was just normal so that he can show a movie where being gay was just like being straight was just like being a teenager the only thing they want to do is just get their dicks wet that was the that was the be all that end all of the story which i thought was awesome like creating a world where it didn't matter like they just were four teenage boys who wanted to get laid well teenage boys because oh my god yeah they, yeah that was some central casting right there. Yeah, they, they <laughs> definitely knew what they were doing when they came to like, casting for some of those characters. So we have Andy, who's essentially your boy next door. We have a popular kid. We like, have That makes me want to move. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't see it? No, because I want that next door. Oh. oh. Um, we have um, Griff, who is your... Uh, typical nerd stereotype with the yeah. dictionary in his backpack and the glasses, um, who inexplicably has the most beautiful body with the most perfect ass. I and know. apparently is horse hung, but that seems to be a problem for him. But we'll get into that. Perfect yeah. for the time frame. Perfect. Yeah. It is the glasses reveal moment. Yeah. He's the ideal actor to play that character. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes, because I will say that the actor who, who replaced him in the second movie was garbage. Then we have Jared, who is like the sports star who's going for Allstate um scholarships Mm -hmm. and he has a small dick but he has again from his perspective from his perspective but he also has a beautiful body Mm -hmm. he's hairless he's got a six-pack it's just as we can see from the workout montage of him he doesn't have to work very hard because he's literally just lifting a pole with five pound weights on it it's like and sweating profusely yeah (laughs) yeah and there's a dog who's just lapping up that sweat yeah but also if we're gonna talk about uh jared for a minute uh, can we just talk about the fact that he's absolutely that guy on Grinder that's like, I'm a top, and then you show up, and he's like, actually, I'm Burr's. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well, like, take turns, and then he's like, well, actually, if you make me top, I'll probably cry. <laughs> and, like, as, and like as you're getting down to it, he's just like, I bought a new jock for this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's well, very that person. I remember when I saw this movie for the very first time, and I saw Nico for the first time, I thought, I'm going to hate this character. Very stereotypical, flamboyant, loud. Oh, my God. Yeah, but by the end of the movie, he was absolutely my favorite character because I felt like I I identified more with Jared and Griff than I did Andy and Nico. Yeah, Nico is 100% my favorite character. There's Actually, Nico was probably my least favorite character, not because of his uh, femininity, Mm -hmm. but because of the guys dating a blind girl, (laughs) cheating on the blind girl, and just like, come on. The thing is, is that's no, how I noticed, it was... No, I noticed that with the, when I... What, that's how it was done. Yeah. Like, you, mm. you needed a beard. Yeah. I was six years old and I had one. So, yeah. So, we open up in the movie. The main character's getting railed by his teacher. Turns out it's just a dream. He's lying in bed and just going to town on himself with the most graphic sound effects I think I've heard in movies I in will say, very I think time. that's where their budget went. Yeah, honestly, I was going to say the same thing. My takeaway from this is, like, the Foley artist deserved, like, an Oscar nod. Yes. <laughs> I have never, and, like, I, I had forgotten about it, but, like, rewatching it in a room full of people, the fact that you can design sound that literally makes a room full of people, like, cringe away from the TV, like, yep. that, like, that, like, that deserves some sort of merit right there. Yeah. Like, whoever did it, I should have looked it up ahead of time, like, they deserve an Oscar and more. Yeah, like, yeah. Their they talents worked. are wasted. Oh, Mr. Puckoff. Oh, you're so raw. <laughs> and I, I think that one thing I really appreciate this about this movie is the sets, the props, and the sound effects are all very well done. Like, for a movie that only had a $500,000 budget, they did their freaking best. Like, that was... 
really nice. I bet you, know? you if you look up the Foley artists and then like see what they've worked on since, it's like Inception. It's <laughs> they're working on yeah. all of the Oscar picks. <laughs> it's, like it's Avatar. All of it. it turns out he was picked up by Marvel. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. This is like some interns, like how they got into the industry, and then like they just took off. And this is the one thing on their IMBD page that they're trying to like. Hi. Beyonce's producer, that's the guy. <laughs> I have to say, one of my favorite things about this movie was the parents. The parents just made me laugh so hard. Is the drag queen someone who was famous around that time? Yes. So yeah? Lipsinka, okay. Lipsinka is actually still a famous drag queen. Okay. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I know anything much more about her, but I do know her name and I've definitely seen videos and posters and like stuff of her because i recognized her in that way that like you recognize a lot of the drag queens who like were never on rupaul's drag race but you've seen in like yeah. adjacent media and all like barla jean merman and yeah coco peru yeah like you know in the two, mid-2000s when it was really trendy like every talk show had those drag yeah. queens on to talk yeah. about like if we made a gay kingdom like yeah ja- okay. honestly even james st james like yes yeah yeah, yeah. It's it's funny though because it reminded me of like before Drag Race became this like this phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was almost it was somewhere between being campy and trying to actually pass. You eat all my cucumbers again? Can you knock? Well, I'm sorry, sweetie, but every time I go to make a garden salad, my vegetables vanish. I ironed your cap and gown for you. We're so darn proud of you. Thanks, mom. Um, so I watched this entire movie and never thought. Because I had never seen a drag queen when I saw this movie. I didn't even know what drag queens were. I did not know that was a thing. I did not know that she was a drag queen. I did not know that any of the drag queens in this movie were drag queens. I thought they were just ugly women. I was I was young and naive. and Yeah. I just had I, no idea. I love that you looked at Lipsinka, <laughs> who looks like a deranged Lucille Ball in that huge dress and those giant red lips and thought... That's just an ugly woman. <laughs> like, just real ugly. She is just that. She's a handsome lady. <laughs> I think that is so sweet because even they when are... I was well, when I was like seventeen, watching this, I was yeah. still just like, oh, a drag queen. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. To have that much like a lo- this movie, I feel like this movie really did shape a lot of us. Rewatching it with you guys last week, and then seeing. All the little subtle things that I say or do or remember doing or the songs that I enjoy. It's shocking how much of this movie did kind of shape like 20 year old me, 20 plus year old me. It's bizarre. Like all to the point where like, um, you know, trying to be hairless and and saying all the right things and only being like a strict top and like but pinky bottom, like all those things that mm-hmm. they said in the movie that are super problematic. Definitely at the time, not realizing it definitely did kind of shape my persona at the time it definitely helped with my anxiety at the time in a big way which i'm still grappling with now but like it fully like i remember watching that and being like oh they're like such a perfect blend of like that really hot jock talks to the really femme guy and treats him as an equal and i was like oh like everything else i've seen in the media around gay guys is that like we're all just bitchy queens who were like are not going like you know you'll try to say hi to them you know someday on the street and they'll just ignore you i was just like Look at this beautiful little, like, perfect circle they've made where it's, like, each guy is kind of a type, and you're right, like, they are not at all diverse, but, like, the femme guy and the jock are BFFs, and they can talk to each other about their problems, and the nerd is still really popular with them, and they yeah. really uplift him in support. Like, I was like, th- like, 
that that's utopic in a way. I hundred percent agree. Like, like he wasn't actually like a nerd. He was a hot guy with glasses. Absolutely. That oh, held a book sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he also liked to read by the pool instead of getting wet. A nerd. Yeah. He got started on his summer reading, um, and then they hung out with a big raging lesbian because, and that was kind of like the leader of. Well, I do that. Every group. Still. Well, yeah. But at the time, it seemed like... Hi, well, Sam. <laughs> but at the time, it just seemed like, you know, gays and lesbians don't hang out. But then their version of Stifler was this, like, super butch, hilarious lesbian who was apparently supposed to be the same age, but looks like they, it could be their school counselor. Muffler shows up and shames them for still being virgins, because of course you do in a coming-of-age or oh, yeah. movie of this caliber. Wake up, kids. Fact is... Nania has done the big A. The what? Anal dudes. You know, sausage <gasps> smuggling, fudge packing, the old Hershey Highway. <clears throat> Did you feel that kind of pressure at the time? So the thing that I find kind of shocking is that watching it at the time... I was like, oh, I wish that's what life actually was. Good because point. Because the nature of their relationships, the nature of the openness, the nature of their ability mm -hmm. to explore and express their sexuality, to have that kind of socialization as a high school student, wasn't something that really existed at that time. At all. And mm -hmm. so I remember watching it and being like, this feels so fake and put on and... At the time, it was like, I love that they're trying to give us this option that so many straight kids have that we don't have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And looking back on it, it makes the movie more enjoyable because you're able to acknowledge like how far we've come in such a short period of yep. time. Because well, this was completely improbable. Yeah. Yes. Completely improbable at the time when this came out. I was 17 at the time. I was the village gay in high school. Uh, so I didn't know any other gay guys. Mm -hmm. uh, so this idea that there's like a school filled with them and they're all friends and they all like they all knew so much more about sex than I at that age, like mm -hmm. my last year of high school did. I, I was just like, ah, I don't know that I really buy this. Yeah. It, but also like 17 year old me didn't know shit. So. Yeah. See, what? neither did seventeen-year-old me. So I was just there, just like, am I, am I at the wrong school? Am I missing out? Like, what did, like, what, like, what train did I not take? Well, it's so interesting. I never even thought about the fact that he created a world where it didn't matter they were gay; they just want to get laid. Because mm -hmm. I was already in my at that point, I had been out for a few years. Um, I was in my twenties, so I wasn't going through the high school experience again. But like, but, this is a realistic portrayal of a lot of friendships now. Yeah, exactly. I can see that. And so the film actually feels more real 15 years later which is weird. amazing and weird. weird because yeah looking at this now i think if, if i think if someone who was 19 18 watched this film would just think can't be ridiculous and wouldn't think anything about the fact that they're gay and they're trying to get laid we at 19 16 18 21 six, six <laughs> seeing this movie would have been like that's not realistic Exactly. None of it. This is very just gay American pie. Like, that's what this Well, is. that's true. Yeah. And I never really even made that association until this time viewing it with the whole quiche scene. I was yeah. like, oh, it's American pie. And yeah. I don't know why I never made that connection. I saw that and I was like, isn't that like, that's got to be copyrighted or something. Like, hmm. And those sound effects. Oh, again, the fucking noise of the quiche being like fingered. Three fingers, by the way. Three fingers. You're not putting three fingers in anyone quickly. I'm sorry. I don't know who you are, but holy crap. Five hundred. 
thousand dollars. <laughs> they ran out of money. Five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> That's probably why they they came in like that. Yeah, I remember. I, I remember hearing that it they were only like maybe anywhere between seven to sixteen days for shooting altogether. They had no time. It's interesting that everything in this movie was already seen before. Just a little more extreme and a lot more gay. But there was no different from American Pie. American Pie had the um, filming the girl without her knowing, which is just the locker room scene. The fucking the pie is just fucking the quiche. Um, the, I don't know, I guess there wasn't really a glory hole scene, but there was definitely. Yeah, there was. Some... There absolutely was. Where With is the dad? dad? No, no, no. In American Pie. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I like, okay, so we were both like, <laughs> wait, we wait a damn minute. <laughs> but what was the thing that happened? Did he jerk off in a sock? Like, I can't remember what happened in American Pie. Because to be honest, I've only ever seen bits and pieces of American Pie. Really? Meanwhile, I've seen this movie like five times. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Well, we just, we just re- resonated more with it. So but yeah. there was the weird dad in both. Yeah, Eugene, Eugene Levy versus... Both Canadian icons, Scott Thompson and Eugene Levy. Also, Scott Thompson makes this movie. Again, Again, having the uh, the parents and like the, the um, side characters just steal the show. I feel like they're... I feel... Like, I, I enjoy them as characters, but I feel they're they're too over the top. They're yeah? too much. Whereas some of the other characters, like, like Andy, I can see myself in Andy. Like It's like I, I would have wanted to be... Like an Andy character. Yeah. Me too. I would have... Well, the other way around. Whereas, like, Nico, it, it, it takes the realism away a little. I, it's fine. I connected I connected with Nico really? a lot more than... More so because of, like, the later things, mm-hmm. like, where he's invites some random guy over. And, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I... And, like, doing drugs. Like, that was my... Like, I felt a lot more connection with him yeah. than I did with the other characters. And I'm pretty sure I have an outfit that I got because I, Nico was wearing it. Really? The, the one with the um, the armbands with the stripes, like the like black. Yes, ones, like the yes, black yes, yes. Yeah. The one he wears at the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one he wears at the party. But I also like the fact that he put Nico as the leader. He drives most of the plot. He yep. is really more of the leader in the group, which I also enjoyed because it was kind of like. You would expect someone like Jared mm-hmm. to be like, you know, like, oh, I'm the super mask stripper, like, I'm going to be up in front. And meanwhile, like, you know, Nico is there. He's like, okay, let's, let's assign your positions, ladies. Like, it was kind of really nice in that way that yeah. they flipped it. The thing with Nico is when I watched it the first time, he was felt so out of place because to me, he was so visually older. That particular character stood out to me as being like out of place in yeah. that group of boys. Yeah, all the actors are very old. Also, I found at the time his character a little bit triggering because I knew people who were sort of like that and there was this huge fear of being seen that way and being associated with that. There wasn't at the time the same celebration of diversity in the gay community. Mm -hmm. Watching the movie now and having such a different experience of that character and his evolution through the film registers for me how big of a difference there is socially oh yeah even though obviously some of the problems have continued just being able to experience that character differently and appreciate Mm -hmm. him in a different way shows me that there's been so much progress oh and i think he did an excellent job portraying some things that were happening at the time but then also glossing over a lot of others Mm -hmm. hey daisy forward forward Good girl. Have you told her your quote, bye, unquote, yet? No way. You know I don't like labels. Besides, it would break her heart. So shh. We have um, Nico's girlfriend. So Nico. Oh my God. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> this, oh, her. So conflicted about I, this. Okay, yeah, exactly. So I don't know how to feel about her because I think I think her jokes are so subtle and so funny. Like she'd have to be blind in order to be like blinded with a walker. <laughs> yeah, oh. the swish in his step would hit her in the hips. Well, also, she drives as he yeah. references throughout yeah. the movie. Every time he sees her, he's like, "Okay, drive safe," and she just kind of like walks away. <laughs> and they're like, "What?" Um, and there's a scene with Richard Hatch. If we're I'm just skipping ahead a little bit, where she comes in and she says, "I forgot my car keys." Oh yeah. <laughs> but if you listen, when they close the door on her, you hear her falling down the stairs. Which is also funny because they've established that they live in a bungalow. Yeah. So. <laughs> where is she falling? It can oh be a split bungalow. You don't know. <laughs> well, actually, from the exterior shot, you do. Uh, but Maybe pro- there's a basement. Props. Let's agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah, she fell into the basement and she was left there. So, how would she know to get <laughs> also, out? Also, like, that's like the last scene we see of her. <laughs> it is. Because the only other thing we see later is that we see her cane outside of the Labor Day bash the next morning. But not her. So, we've so, established she never makes it home. Yeah. We just have to assume that she went on and lived a wonderful, happy life. My favorite part of her throughout the whole thing, and someone when we were watching it said... Why is she spinning? But she's spinning because they were at that party and Nico had dressed her up like Stevie Nicks. He and did! So she's just spinning. So I love the idea that either she was in on it yeah. and was like, I'm going to be Stevie tonight. Or he was like, just spin. Yeah. <laughs> Scientifically speaking, we're all still virgins. Yeah, I guess I don't have to feel like a total loser then. Well, at least the rest of us have some experience. <laughs> oh, thanks, Jared. That feels nice. Can we talk about something else, please? Coming out stories are so passe bourgeois. This isn't about coming out. We're way past that. The topic is anus copulus. We don't lose it before university. How can we even go? Exactly. And so they end up at this party. Um, Jared has a line, um, a Catholic boy, which Muffler says all Catholics are bottoms, which is another line I used forever. His name is Tyler. He has two popped polos. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot and he about is, him. He is, like, there's air between his ears. There's nothing happening up there. He, he definitely staring at, the... at American Eagle. Oh, 100%. He's the... He's... Abercrombie. Oh, yeah. We'll go with Abercrombie. I'll say that he was, like, the stock boy. Like, he was pretty enough to be at the front, but couldn't help a customer. He's very that. Yeah, let me find that for you. And to just kind of stand there. This is also exactly how everyone looked at, <laughs> at the time. time. Yep. Like... Muffler, I I knew her. I'm yeah. not going to say her name, yeah. but I knew her. <laughs> yeah, we all knew boys and girls that looked just like this. Jared says, he's a PNP power bottom. And the boys say, what's PNP? And he says, heck if I know. That's a problem because I also had no idea what PNP meant at the time. But like you're oh, okay. already you're Drugs. already affirming <laughs> oh, that yeah. it's a realistic portrayal. Yeah, it's, it's I, I didn't know what it, I didn't know what it was. Joe, do you know what P and P means? Party and play. Hey, how did you find that out? And how do you spell that? With a big T. That's right. <laughs> and why don't we put that in our Instagram stories? <laughs> because people think you're talking about math. Yay. Yay! We learned something today. We call that growth. Mm-hmm. The, like the fact that we now all know, like it's now common vernacular. But we didn't know at the time, which that makes it a problem. And if you're in that type of setting. Get out of it. Yeah. If you're at a PNP party, best just to leave. (laughs) So the boys just kind of watched Jared take Tyler away. And Jared is clearly getting drunker and drunker. Um, So many things are happening. They're in this, they're in the bedroom. They're naked. They're fooling around. Then he brings out a condom. Uh, No, I'm allergic to latex. Bear back me straight boy. 
Jared just covering him in vomit. I thought that was kind of just supposed to be like a sight gag, but it turns out that the director did that on purpose because at the time um, there was a big epidemic with barebacking. And so he wanted to be like, this is how stupid barebacking is. That's interesting because one thing I did notice this time watching it, maybe not so as much when I was younger, was how frequently discussion of condoms come up in mm-hmm. every single yeah. scene. And you're right, like every single appliance for lack of a better word that andy uses throughout the film has a condom on it yep yep which i think is amazing yeah i wonder how that would change now that there's like prep out there for people to use i wonder if that it probably would have been him like literally gargling an entire bottle (laughs) yeah and then still getting vomited on wearing a t-shirt that says like prep so this scene where he throws up on his back like so this is a real story that happened to friends of mine when we were teenagers. Please tell me the story. Not homosexuals, okay, heterosexuals, so but they were dating at the time, a straight couple, and he's given it to her doggy style. He's drunk and whatever, and throws up a little bit, but like enough that he can't keep it in, so it like shoots out and like splatters out. Oh no. But when he feels that he's going to throw up, he like pulls out because he's like, I'm going to try and get away from this. He doesn't make it. And so he's like, oh no, what do I do? And she reaches back and thinks he's just come up the back <gasps> of her and starts fucking rubbing it in. <gasps> oh no! True story. Oh no! True story. Oh, true story. No. True story. horrible. And she fucking confirmed it. Like, <sighs> best. Wow. So when I watched this, I was like, oh my God, this is a real thing that happens to people. All the time. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about barebacking. I was just like, oh my god, naked boys. And then, oh my god, a flashback in my child. So. <laughs> I had it made. Home free. And then he went and blue chunks all over me. Every dog has his day, Jay. Unfortunately... Our lives aren't coming-of-age films where everyone magically gets laid at the climax. This is an American Pie Mary. What's a boy gotta do to get some man snatch? Oh, a deeper feeling! Harder! Oh, I love you, Trina. What is wrong with this picture? Everyone's kicking it. Except us. If the heteros can have premarital intercourse, we homos should too. Hey, why don't you and Griff just fuck each other? <laughs> no, we're like brothers. I love there was something he, he, Griff said back there. He said, "If the heteros can have premarital intercourse, we homos should too." Totally and true. Back then, he's right. Like it was. Hard to do. While you see all these straight couples around them making out, and the boys are trying to figure out, well, if they can have sex, why can't we? Nico actually has the most brilliant point. And I don't know how you guys feel, but when he just says, why don't you all just fuck each other? And they're like, oh no, we're like brothers. I understand that. I 100% do. But if the if the story wasn't just, I want to lose my virginity, or maybe the story was, I want to get better at sex, yeah, just fuck each other. <laughs> I don't know. 
it just seems weird. Like if you're that now, I'd be like, yeah, (laughs) even now, because I, I understand the nature of the relationship that they're displaying and that closeness and feeling like brothers because we've grown up together. Mm -hmm. But like the fact that that's an option for people now. Yeah. Yeah. Like to be like, oh, I'm a teenager and I'm out. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm a young person and I've grown up with other gay friends. Like, yeah, mind blowing. So the boys wake up the next day at the party and they see Muffler guiding all three of the previous cheerleaders out. I love how Nico sleeps. I wrote it in my notes. I'm like, yes. all gays should sleep like vampires. And I also said, this is where I learned the term big time come whore, <laughs> which is one of my favorite terms. I use it all the time. I describe myself as such. So Muffler is guiding these girls out. And as she tosses a dildo to Andy, says virgins and kind of laughs it off. So the one thing I know is like, Andy sniffs his hand at I wrote that too. What? I'm just like, dude, no. Why no. are you doing that? If a lesbian passes you a dildo, don't smell your hands. Sniff your, no. Definitely sniff your hands. You would definitely sniff your hands. I love Nico's makeup. I want to do that face. He was painted better than the drag queens in the bar in the movie. Yes, I agree. That still offends me. It's true. I think the, green, the queens in the bar painted themselves and he had drag a... Drag queens looked a lot different 14 years ago. Yes. Like, I, you know, like, I'm like, what? Like, they are terrifying. So the boys decide that they want to lose their virginity like they haven't already been trying. But he's like, nope, we're actually going to do it. We're going to get laid. We're going to make this happen. So in the next scene, they start determining whether they're a top or bottom. First, we each need to define whether we're a top or bottom. Well, wait, we have to choose? Well, I, for one, am 100% top. Of course. Me too. We want to think up their butthole in the first place. But I could be into a dude like, you know, taking control, riding me. I'm putting you down as a submissive top. Not that I would consider something in my back door, as long as it was small, like a finger. Submissive top, pinky bottom. My favorite term that I still use to this day to describe me, it's submissive top, pinky bottom. What? So you lifted this from the movie and still use it to I this still day? use it to this day. Like, I remember when I was 19, 20, I had a boyfriend who would get angry if people called him a bottom. But he was a bottom. But he didn't like the fact that anyone called him a bottom because there was such a shame and stigma about being a bottom. Yeah, I don't understand that. I, yeah. I, misogyny. I've mm-hmm. never experienced that in the gay community. Maybe it's just because I'm very... Oh, right. my God. Maybe it's because I'm very proud of that I'm a bottom. You know what's funny? is I, I know what you're talking about. It used to be nobody wanted to be like outed as the bottom. Because you don't want to be the femme one. But then Instagram came around with all these... like gaming things and i feel like it's really changed it where it's like oh i can like make fun of the fact that i'm like i'm a needy bottom or i'm like a voracious bottom or whatever and i feel like that's really changed it where like everybody openly like identifies now as like oh i'm a bottom like and again i think it's also because you can't show your dick on instagram but you can definitely show your ass so i think yeah it's a way of like well i can show one asset that everyone Mm -hmm. wants to see but yeah, it was just, it's so many things have changed since 2006, which I think is a great testament for our community. And it's nice to see a movie like this as kind of a time capsule of that, that, of that period mm. for better or for worse. I think it's important. Yeah. What's wrong, dog? I need more Maximus in my gluteus. You're looking fine to me, poppy. 
up? Angel. Pleasure to meet you. I'm Griff. <laughs> you want a homie to notice your ass? You gotta work it on out. This is our introduction to Angel. So Angel is one of the three secondary characters. We have Muffler, Angel, and Bo. Angel is unreal. He was in another gay movie at that same time. Uh, He was in um, a a TV show called um, Noah's Ark. Also, one quick note, the lighting design also deserves a credit because in that one scene in the gym, the spotlights are designed to look like like an ass. Yeah. It was so good. It was just really well done and just... it. Someone somewhere thought of that, suggested it, and then the director's like, yeah, do whatever you need. Yeah. And like, I just, I like seeing that kind of thing. Well, kind of a behind the scenes thing is that. Talk um, about it. <laughs> and they're probably now like the lighting directors for The Hill Has Eyes. Yep. Yeah, right. yeah they, they, have a, they have a type. They, have, they go in a different direction. Um, <laughs> the, um, the gym scene was actually supposed to be shot in a gym, but they ran out of money. And they couldn't get say. the permits. Yeah. So the director said. We'll do it in a soundstage, but if you don't find me 10 beautiful men, I'm not filming the scene. So they got a little bit more money, got the guys, and set that scene up. It was actually just, it was a quick, like, fix. It was supposed to be shot in a gym. And then um, the character of, like, Angel, when he rips off his pants and it's the big fucking dick in the thong with the... um, He kept shopping around the script and showing these particular scenes. And people kept saying, well, I don't think you should put that in there. I don't think it's too too much. It's too crass. So we cut ties with those people, made the movie, and it's some of the best scenes in the entire fucking film. That... Okay. Tearaway... Tearaway shorts. I could see that at a gym if it was, like, good, like, Dundas. Yep. Or if it was this year and everyone still had tearaway pants. <laughs> I wish I still had tearaway Once pants. Once again, good luck, Dundas. Did you I ever wish. Li- did you live through tearaway pants? Adidas tearaway pants? Or like oh. the knockoffs? Oh, like you're giant fucking tiger? with your Adidas. Oh, no, no, no. Knockoff no, giant GT booty. So tearaway pants. I love tearaway pants. Were did I miss the, this? Yes. Oh. Most exciting and most terrifying thing that could happen to yes. a developing body. Yep. So what they were were pants that just had snaps all the way down the legs. And so the idea was like, if you're a basketball player and you're going on the court, you didn't have to pull your pants in, you just ripped them off. And mm-hmm. it was a moment. And it was weird. <laughs> I had a pair, because my mom was, she was smart and she took care of me, where they were rip aways, but the waist didn't snap off so someone could rip your pants off. But like people wore them to like junior high school, high school, and you'd be walking in the hallway and someone would just snatch your pants and rip. Yes, it was a thing. Was this a thing in like Manitoba and like Newfoundland? Because this was not a thing. In- <laughs> I was in Ontario at this point. Thank you, though. It was not a thing in the we, high we school. Maybe, oh, absolutely. We no, it wasn't. For us, it was. There's there's some timings around. Oh, wait. <laughs> sorry. sorry I, yeah, I'm, we a youngin, may, I'm a youngin. I remember having my GT Boutique tearaway with the two white stripes. I love them so much. Because my favorite thing in the world to do was to rip up the first like four snaps and then have it kind of flow as you walk. It was oh. before boot cut jeans. Yes. <laughs> You're I like, love- oh my God, look at how these legs no, okay. flare. I need, I'm going to buy some fucking tearaway pants. So the fact pants. that in this scene he was yes. wearing tearaway pants makes sense. Yes. The fact that he's gay and knows he's hot and he works as a go-go also, boy dancer. I love, I, I love that he has dollars sense. in his yeah. pants. For this. But it's, a, it's the gay. But it's I will very- say... They kind of fucked over Angel with his costume or his outfits because he legitimately wears tearaway pants, white tank tops, mm-hmm. whereas Nico wears a giant ensemble. It's like they just gave up on no, Angel. It's like they're different characters. 
okay. Fine. That is how people, as I said earlier in the podcast, this is what people fucking looked like at that time. Honestly, I was so taken with the story. I didn't notice any of this. <laughs> What's going on? I thought it was just going to be you and me. Is there a problem? Summer's almost over, Jay. Once we go out to college. Wait. Are you jealous? <laughs> Fuck off. Okay, I want to talk about two particular characters because I, I kind of want to dive deep into them. One of them. Griffin <laughs> Jared. To me, Griffin and Jared are... Joe, bets on who he wants to deep dive into. <laughs> I'm going to go Jared. I'll go Griff. Uh, Joe's right. Mm. What do I win? You're not cut out of the podcast. Yay. Yay. I feel that those two characters could have been completely cut from the movie. And they could have just focused on Andy and Nico and maybe tweaked their stories a little bit. So that maybe one was worried about, I want to be a bottom, but I have a flat ass. Or Nico saying, I'm a top, but I don't know if I can perform that well. I disagree. I disagree as well. Yeah? Yeah, I think that, like... I kind of like that they separated each character into their own, like, kind of, like, path of what they were struggling with. Mm-hmm. I also feel like I don't necessarily... Nico, maybe. I don't know if Andy could have carried half of the movie. Honestly, I think they could have just gotten rid of Andy, given some of the traits to... Yeah. I honestly felt like Andy didn't really bring much to the movie. There. Yeah, 100%. But, so something I noticed is... Of the, the four characters, they all have arcs except for Andy, which is supposed to be the main character. He doesn't really change at all as a character. All the other ones kind of overcome something and then are like slightly yeah. different before it. And that's why I think you were talking about who could get cut. I would absolutely say Andy because apart from shoving really? cucumbers in his ass. Andy doesn't have an But it's a formula arc. film. I know. Oh, it is. And, and but this, he that's doesn't what have... makes this so effective and made it viable at the time because they were like, we're taking this formula and just adding gay to it. We're not reinventing the wheel. Mm-hmm. We're not creating something new. We're taking this tired heterosexual formula because mm-hmm. it was used a lot. A lot. Oh, and they're saying, we're just mm-hmm. going to give... Give it to the gays. Funnily enough, I think what Andy represents is the anxiety that a lot of gay kids have with coming out. Yeah. And I think he, in kind of like a euphoric way, like shows, is like the storyline showing like the best case scenario. Well, not the best, I don't know. It, the best case scenario is not like almost sucking like your parent off in yeah. a glory hole. But like, it's more just the idea of like, he comes from a household that is totally accepting of him. And mm-hmm. even, I like the flip where usually the trope is, the mom is more accepting and the dad is the one who's really stressed out about yeah. it. In this, it's completely flipped. His mom is almost in denial the entire time. Yeah. Even when she sees him fucking a key, she's still just like, I not mad at you. Yeah, I'm mad at, at the dirt. Uh, you know? And meanwhile, the dad, <laughs> Great is just, reference. the dad is like, this is okay. This is all fine. Like, yeah, I think what he is representing and why he might seem more forgettable is because his plot isn't really that focused around sex. Yeah. All characters are focused around sex in some way. Mm-hmm. His though is really more of like an emotional thing with him accepting himself, accepting himself, and hoping that the others around him accept him. Well, Andy doesn't really have a start finish. He is just kind of the character that fills in the gaps. Yeah. But he's meant to be 
for all intents and purposes, the main character, but he's not. He has the most exposure, but I would say of all the characters, you can do one of two things. Nico can be your main character, or you can have another movie with Jared and Griff as the main two characters and have Andy and Nico as background characters. Because I think there's something there. There's a really strong start to finish with Jarrett and Griff, mm-hmm. their story together. One's afraid of his ass being too small. One's afraid of his D being too small. And then there's this kind of hidden love triangle. That is a movie. Mm-hmm. Nico adds so much to the story because he's just, the, he's got the comic relief. He's got the quips. He's got the one-liners. Andy doesn't really add anything to the main story of the other three. In fact, he has his own side story that they just kind of intermittently come into. And so for that, I think you could remove either Jared or and Griff and focus more on Andy or remove Andy and just be the three. But as an ensemble cast, it does make a lot of sense to have a film like this mm. because it's so, it's, I think it's very well crafted. But I feel like having all four of them just allowed the story to go in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. And because it was still kind of sweet in that coming of age way to have the two friends end up be romantic together. Yeah. But I don't think they could have done with Andy and Nico. In the no, same way. I agree. It was like for the whole movie, I, I at least found myself, I was like, well, like, you know, Jared and Griff should get together mm-hmm. at least for like, you know, this long weekend yeah. and then go on to the, whatever their lives are going to be. And I just don't think you could have done the same thing with Andy and Nico. I agree. I so, think in, in that aspect, I wouldn't have put them together. I absolutely would not have. I wouldn't have made something romantic between the two. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that I just get thoroughly annoyed with Jared and Griff from time to time just because their character is so stupid. Most of, the t- most of my notes in this book are just like, we get it. Get on with it. Just fuck already. A hundred percent. And it's it's cute because, again, they're supposed to be 17-year-olds that are kind of like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know my feelings. I'm going to just pawn and ooh, but like... I disagree. So okay. I think at this time, like there were not very many positive, well-ending portrayals of gay couples. Yes. So mm-hmm. I think it was important for a movie like this to show that in the end. Yeah. Yes, um, and yeah. then also, I think it's really important, um, especially uh, Jared's, uh, position as being like a guy who thinks he's a top but being very insecure about it because yeah. I feel like you never hear about that yeah. in gay culture. Like yeah. all tops are always supposed to be super confident. I have a big dick. I'm not worried about it. Hard in a second. Yeah, ready to go. You know what I mean? and, and it's the same stereotype with bottoms too. Like everyone, I like that they address that with Nico. Like yeah. everyone is supposed to be ready to go. At, like if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. It's yeah. that whole kind of trope. And like, yeah. I like that in this, they actually do exploit erectile dysfunction and being nervous about your dick size and what like you know like that whole idea where if you have no experience in experience bottoming and you don't know what you're doing you're like well they say to take one enema so i can be flushed out but like i want to be really ready so i mean like you know just like it's a teachable moment yeah and it's nice that that jared throughout the movie was so nervous with the other boys but he found himself comfortable enough to be a bottom with someone he really cared about, which I think was another, yeah, which I think was another really nice thing he put out there was wait for someone you trust, wait for the right moment, you know, uh, indulge in those things rather than just think I got to get fucked. I got to get fucked. They also kind of do with Nico where they kind of make it this like, um, serendipitous moment at the end where he's like, Oh, nothing worked out with any of the daddies. And then like, lo and behold, yeah, this one, Magic grandpa, who, like, they also alluded to in the first 15 minutes Mm. that everyone completely forgot about in that oil painting, shows up and, like, they have a great night together. See, I think that's what makes the movie work. It it does work. Like, everything that you can see that's going to happen 
happens. Yeah. But that's what movies in the early 2000s Because again, were. it is just a gay version of American Pie. Being the bottom, he's the nervous one because they all make fun of him for being yeah. the bottom. And he's trying to figure that out. Like, he's trying to figure out what he wants to be. Maybe I'm a top, maybe I'm not. But he's the one who who is ready to be fucked. And he wants to find a guy that will do that with him. And he just, he can't, he's so obsessed with what should be the unattainable. Like he should not be able to uh, get with his substitute. And after his, sub, or his um, teacher, and after his teacher, he just kind of gives up. Like he just, he doesn't really I, you know care. What? I think being shat on probably just like broke his spirit. That's also a problematic scene for several reasons. Yeah. Andy figures out that his teacher is on manhunt and decides to go to his house not knowing anything about the kink scene or any kind of sex because they're all virgins. They have no idea what they're doing. Um, and so when he says, like, do you like water sports? He's like, oh, yeah, splish splash, and brings, like, water, uh, like, uh, swim trunks. He shows up in swim trunks. Yeah. He tries to be really cavalier. He's like, I thought, just in case we'd uh, do some water sports. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and again, I don't know. If you're a teacher in your late 30s, I, well, I'm being generous, early 40s, and you see that a student that you know who is maybe 18 years old. But is, probably not. Probably not, because one of them is definitely not, and we'll talk about that. Um, it is, like, so naive to these things. No red flags. You literally have, like, a horn to honk as a safety thing. To be fair, this is the same teacher that's cruising at high school parties. Oh, yeah, he was at the party. Yeah. We'll just say that of all the things that the, the teacher does... This is probably the worst. Like, showing up at the house party is stupid. Taking out your insanely giant dick to a 18-year-old boy, also really dumb. Mr. Puckoff, again, he sees a 17-year-old boy and thinks, oh, fuck it, because he's graduated, so we can fuck now. Fine. Um, who clearly doesn't understand what he's talking about when he says he comes in with board shorts and he's like oh you want to do okay. if we if want to go for a dip water sports right marco wink polo. wink for did not get right. that joke the first marco time. polo <laughs> and the teacher's like oh i love how you play so dumb as a teacher oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i'd be like something seems off like yeah. i assume you're into so and so he's like oh yeah for sure also it's it was 2007 <laughs> right yeah so, six so the setting is 2006 google was a thing back then why yep. would you not Google water sports? Google BDSM if you don't yep. know what they are. I would well, say even... the worst thing is broadcasting this on the internet to an audience without Out getting consent, consent from True. the person, the other person you're playing. That 100%. to me was the biggest thing, and I've never, I like the last time I saw this movie was probably like 2010 or 2009. Mm. Honestly, like watching that, I was just like, oh, this is like. So, like, and, like, there's a ton of things that are messed up in this movie. There's mm-hmm. a lot of racial stereotypes, all of a these lot. things. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, very, like, not cool. <laughs> but, like, that one, I was like, oh, my God. They're actually broadcasting this. His friends are watching it. Mufflers watch it. Like, yeah. it's clearly one of those things also where, like, you do not have to pay to watch this. It's, like, a .org website. Or yeah. Something. So, I'm like, he's also gotten clearance as an organization. Yeah. Have, like, this is, like... You'd have to create a login. It's a lot of work in 2007 <laughs> yeah. to have a webcam just live streaming this yeah. shit. And I'm like, you really got to let the person know that this is going to happen. The boys have hooked up a security camera into the locker room. They're watching a guy finger and jerk himself off. Fine. The boy they're watching is also supposed to be in a high school locker room, which means he's at most 17, 18. They would be in jail. Yeah. They would be in jail for sex crimes. And then 
Muffler happens to find Mr. Pockoff Rodzilla's porn dungeon so website. That also happened. Oh, I had a professor in undergrad who you would not have thought of as a homosexual or sexual in any regard. Uh-huh. And we found his online profile and he was into leather and kink and dungeon shit. And so, like, this shit all happens. Yeah, yes, does. but but they, he also doesn't broadcast live streams where you can interact with the dungeon to a, a well, teenage boy was, who it didn't was consent. The time when there was high speed internet. Okay, well, fine. But I think that comes from the time period because this was filmed yeah. in 2006. 100%. Yeah. I feel like they're. Yeah, 50 years ago. Well, <laughs> but I feel like at the time there wasn't like as much of an issue with people sharing personal photos of each other. Like, I don't know. It was still rare. So when it happened, you didn't really think about the consequences and then broadcast it to anyone. Yeah. So that whole scene is bad. We have Andy who keeps saying no. Yeah. So Andy keeps saying no when he comes and he's like, teach him a lesson. So there, he takes that giant, like 12. Oh, yeah, that but no isn't the safe yeah. word. Yeah. No, there was no safe. Yeah. The safe word was a honk. Is that what, no? Was he, it, no, no, he what, just randomly honked it. Am I, or no, am I wrong? What, what was the safe? Was it a honk or was it something else? Oh, he says I use bicycle horns as safety. Yeah, he did it. say that. But that then, is like, true. It's also, like at one point, he's restrained. So I'm like, how can he use the? Horn? Yeah, and if he's if the kid is saying no, 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 I would think that that's like just because he enjoys it after the fact. Like you should listen to him, what he was saying. I but, thought that this was a hilarious scene only because I have been in a similar situation when I went on a date with a guy I wanted to sleep with, mm-hmm. and then we talked about our interests, and he was all. Oh yeah, like I'm really into kinky stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, me too. And he's like, no, like I'm really into like I like like squeezing balls and shit. Um, and <laughs> did and he say like, and shit? No, then no, at no, that no. point you have to clarify. No. <laughs> uh, so he's like, I like uh, like I like edging and like squeezing balls and like being really rough. And I was like, yeah, that's so hot. And then we got back to my place, and he started squeezing my balls, and I was like. My eyes were watering, but I was like, I told him this is what I wanted. Oh my god, Joe. <laughs> it was, yeah, I probably should have said no, but I was like, this is what I wanted. <laughs> oh my god, that is so upsetting. That's so yeah. you. But also, yeah. like, that's a thing that can happen. Yeah, that's also... Well, that's a bigger conversation, but, like, that's also a thing that... Yeah. yeah. So, literally the first time I did poppers, someone handed them to me, and I was like, oh, I've seen this in a movie. Went... Drank it, went to drink it. The guy would like slapped your did, hand. Yeah, slapped my hand. Oh, thank all God! Over my face. <gasps> it was not like. Oh my a God! A, a mount got in my mouth. Oh. Because I, I was like, yeah, I know this. Like. Oh. That's <laughs> well. Thank God he was smart enough to slap you. Oh yeah, but, like, <laughs> this, like this movie. Yeah. Should, like did not make that. A big enough joke. Yeah. Like, well, that it was definitely a very small. Joke. Yeah. That if you knew what was going on, you laughed. If you yeah. didn't know what was going on, you just assumed it was tasted gross. Yeah. Right. right? Like, to Kevin's point, Mister Pockoff wouldn't have known uh, Andy's proclivity in anal training. So to take a eight foot long fucking dick and shove it into his ass while and he keeps saying no thick. with that no like, lube, no like lube on that so- thing. I mean, it only takes one time without lube to realize it's important. Yeah. That's like a soda can thick. It only is when he takes Crisco and starts, like, lubing up his hand to fist him. That's when he honks the horn. And the guy's like, oh, never mind. I use Crisco for lube. Do you actually? No, not now. 
after this movie. I was like, that's great. And when I got a tub of Crisco. Oh my God. Like, I'm not like, this movie shaped me. Wow. In ways that you cannot imagine that I didn't even realize until yeah. after rewatching it again and being like, right, this is where I found that out. Oh my or, God. This is where I like got that stupid idea from. Yeah. Well, some, there's always a saying, um, Crisco from kitchen to bedroom, not bedroom to kitchen. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, and then, when he says, you like my glass table, and he goes underneath, he's like, what am I supposed to do? He's like, oh, you're so naive. Just close your eyes, relax, and enjoy. Why would you close, yeah, why your, would you eyes? close your eyes? What would be the point? Yeah. Like, it, to, to hear the, the horrible sound effects that we all had to listen to in that moment. But the thing is, is it's not, a, it's not based in realism. <laughs> no, but I think, I, think that was just, I think that was just a line in the script that should have been adjusted. <laughs> yeah. But I love that with, like, for a boy <laughs> who will put an eggplant or pliers up his ass... Um, a gerbil up his ass. I yeah. think the, on end. he runs oh, down that street completely naked with chains hanging off him. Yeah. I think that's enough to give everyone a bit of like a reprieve where they're like, I'm going to take a few weeks yeah. and just focus on myself. Also, when can we just say how how that would end? It would be like the police being like, sir, were you chained up in your substitute yeah. teacher's like sex dungeon <laughs> as an underage child yeah. was he taking advantage of you and filming it and broadcasting you're it? not wrong you're like, not yeah. wrong this goes... movie ends with the substitute teacher being deported absolutely yeah. and losing his license 100 <laughs> percent. you know maybe this sex thing is just not all it's cracked up to be maybe i should just hang it up and become a priest then you could finally get laid, Sister Mary. The sound effects of when he has like the tissue box and you think he's gonna like wipe his tears away, but he just keeps shoving them up his ass. <laughs> Do you remember that in the I bed? Oh my god, it's so gross. There's 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 a lot. Honestly, yeah. the sound effects after a while, it was just like a, it's so it, it's much. an ocean that washes over you. <laughs> it's also it's every scene. They don't take a break. None. Every single scene. Has something, some major foley, yeah, some definitely squishing and slurping and slurping, gl- just like a general, just like I can only imagine the sheer amount of like like goos and sponges they had yeah. in that studio to make those noises. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but again, so when we go back to so, <laughs> one thing that I had a problem with, and it it kind of stems back to Jared and Griff is Griff is admittedly seventeen years old. In the movie, he says to himself, I'm seven, or he says to the Nambla characters as the joke of them saying, well, you're way past your prime. He's 17. He got into that gay bar. With no wristband. With no wristband. With, I didn't even see ID, but he just walked into a gay bar at 17 years old. So Got up on the bar, starts dancing, which yeah. I think we can all at this table attest the bartenders are never They're nearly as receptive to. Do not like that. They don't like that whatsoever. Do, they don't start cheering you on for your ass, like, Quickest mass. way to get kicked out, for sure. For sure. Jared meets Bo at a baseball game. So it's the chickens versus the bears, which I thought was hilarious. And sidebar, there is a scene where there's like a little gay parade at the end of it, which is a homage to Scott Thompson as Buddy Cole in Kids in the Hall when he did that when he was the manager of a lesbian baseball team. Um, But yeah, so Jared met Bo at the baseball game. And the notes that I have for Bo is, you're a terrible actor. You're definitely in your 30s. Stop talking to this teenage boy. Those are my notes. Yo, I'm Bo. Hey, Jared. 
So, you pitch or catch? <laughs> I pitch. <laughs> How about you? Pitcher. In the streets. Catcher in the sheets. Bo is 100% in his mid-30s. Like, we can all agree. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there's... You can't say... You can maybe get away with the four main characters being 19. He's full on, like, what would now be, like, a zaddy. Like, oh, everyone's... 100%. Like, even from, like, the crowd here watching it, people were just like, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Who's that? I mean, when, when Muffler walks in for the first time in that first scene, you think, is this, like, their counselor? Like, who is this woman? <laughs> this isn't a teenager. Who is this woman with these kids? Yeah. Who, whose mother is this? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Bo is definitely dating... A 17 or 18 year old boy. Griff is definitely 17 to the point where Nambla says he's too old. Um, everyone, and we know at least for sure that Nico is absolutely 18 years old because Grandpa cards him, which seems like the only responsible thing <laughs> that a parent did in this movie. Pretty much, yeah. But we're having this conversation about consent and appropriate behavior. Mm-hmm. And it is something that is a common theme in a lot of heterosexual films. Yeah. Like Twilight. He's sneaking into a room in the middle of the night to like, that was stare love. at her. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want to be known as the only person who called Stefan out on his bullshit. <laughs> Hello? I didn't hear you. You didn't come home. What's going on? I think... I like guys. What I love about this film that that we kind of touched on is the parents are so accepting of their children, they just want them to be happy. To the point where Nico truly believes that his mother just doesn't get it. But it's not that. She's waiting for him to come out to her. And the scene that is uh, parallel to Edge of Seventeen, in the Edge of Seventeen film, the main character finds his mom playing piano, and he says, I think I like guys. And she goes on to this long monologue about, we can change you, we can fix this, you know, I can... And he's like, I don't want to change... In another game movie, the exact same scene plays out. She's at the piano. Nico comes in after um, that drug adventure with Matthew Rush and says, I think I like guys. And she looks at him up and down, stops and says, Dad, what took you so long? I love that the parents in this movie are willing to wait for their children to be comfortable enough to come to them. Mm -hmm. Um, The dad for Andy because he wants to be there for him, gets him a book on anal health, mm-hmm. buys him a little dildo, buys him a big-ass butt plug, um, tries to connect with him, and because of his connection with with Andy, realizes his own sexuality and comes out himself, which is an actually improvised scene, which we'll get into. Who also is the same dad that's cruising parks for blowjobs. Yeah. So we don't know that yet. We don't yet. know that yet. Oh, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> he also keeps... But then also still has a very nice sex life with his wife because he carries around the sex toys that, as in his words, are, I know her size, the right size for his wife. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, 
That dude is committed to keeping a happy house. He wants his gay son to feel accepted and his drag queen wife to feel like her needs are being met. Like, <laughs> this dude is working overtime. It also, probably helps that his wife is a man with a wig. <laughs> uh, I have something uh, to tell you. Okay? Daddy's a bisexual. And it's all because of you. Gee, thanks, Dad. No, um, what, what I mean is, um, you gave me the courage to be me. But now, Andy, I think you're not going to love me anymore. Dad. Well, I, this is what I did. Hey. I'm afraid. Oh, Dad, 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 Dad. Hey, hey, hey. You're, you're still the same person. I'm still... You're still the same person. So say, and I will always oh, love we, you. I will always... You, oh, I will always... Oh, I will always... Oh, I will always, uh, I will always love you, love Dad. Love me. <laughs> they were at the end of shooting, and what was supposed to happen? It was supposed to go from him getting poked in the eye to him exclaiming his disgust at the video store. But they added the scene. <laughs> they added the scene where the dad and he are talking outside the public washroom. Mm-hmm. It's almost entirely improvised. The scene where he's saying. I don't think you're going to love me. I don't know if you'll... He's like, I will always love you. It's like, I think you would change. And I don't want you to change. And that whole scene is improvised, which I thought was so fun and so sweet. And it's actually one of the best scenes of the film. It is. It's like the most realistic one. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the scene you want to happen in real life. Like with all the sex and all the bullshit aside... When your dad <laughs> says to him, like, it's that scene. Can I also say one I thing? just love that you're having this conversation about a conversation that happens immediately after he gets his dad's dick in his eye. <laughs> but that's that, the thing. It's such a wonderful scene. Dad probably lost his anal virginity in the same time span that the kids were trying to before the kids did. But that's the thing. I, I think it's just so funny that it was such a great scene was bookended between this nonsense. It's like, you got your dad's dick in your eye. It's just it's it's a very sweet it's a very tender scene in a very insane campy movie and it's such a shame that it was it it was in between these gross horrible moments. Also, found uh, how I found out about Glory Hills, I went to every bathroom in Fredericton. Holy crap! Were there any? <laughs> no. Damn it! I made one. <laughs> of course you, really? you did. I did. Oh my god! <gasps> did you use it? I did. Oh. Where? In the mall on the north side. The that is side mall. Oh, mall. of course. That makes of course, sense. The is it still there? I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt that. Like, oh my yeah. god! Mm. That I brought so my funny. tools, got all butch, and <laughs> you drilled a hole in a hole. mall bathroom you, stall. Yes, then went on manhunt. Yeah, and advertised it to the masses. <laughs> this movie changed your life. Not, not for the better. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Okay, it was just you in this movie. Secret oh. plan. <laughs> yeah, this that is so funny. I genuinely hope that the director hears this and hears about the impact he made on your life. I, I hope so. Too. Like, <laughs> I cannot believe I almost sucked my dad's dick. Desperate times call for desperate measures, kid. Maybe you should have done him. So, we finally made it to Muffler's Labor Day Bash. Finally. Bo and Jarrett are going to have sex. Jared takes the reins and decides, yes, I will fuck this boy. At this point, Nico has given up. Andy has given up. Angel has come in with Griff. And Angel and Griff are both at the pool. Angel and Griff look up, and there is a perfectly lit silhouette of an erect bow putting a condom on. 
Angel doesn't know who Jared is. Angel just sees Griff essentially being a peeping Tom and says, hey, go. It's like, but you don't even know what's happening. Why are you letting him go? You guys are so focused on <clears throat> realism. Wait, shit. Griff, I need to talk. I'm kind of busy, dude. It's an emergency. Can you hold that thought? You've got to be fucking kidding me. This better be fucking good, Griff. I had to tell you before it was too late. And he busts in, and the yeah. guy's about to lose his virginity, and he's like, stop! I love you! <laughs> and like, and my reaction was like, he's not marrying the guy, he's just taking it up the ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. so teenager. It's um, so you know, teenager. It's like, oh, this will mean that we can't love each other if you yeah. do this. And it's like, it's like if you really loved him, just let him. Blah. It's, it's ah. a very 17-year-old thing to say. The first age-appropriate thing they've ever done in yeah. all movie. Is act like an idiot. You know that they're idiots because they left... They, the left, they left the bedroom to go fuck in the public area of yeah. the pool. Like, yes, that doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like literally, yeah, that, that was about to oh, yeah. sex with this yeah. other guy. So obviously, they're fine with having sex in that bedroom. Yeah. The other guy leaves. So now they're alone naked. In this by the way, <laughs> the guy leaves. Naked. Just leaves naked. Um, is now they're now in this bedroom alone where they were already about to have sex, mm-hmm. and they're just like. Let's get out of here. Let's you know that pool that everyone can see? Yeah. Let's go down there. Let me put all of my clothes on. You go put your backpack back on. We're going <laughs> to run down this flight of stairs willy-nilly, and then we're going to fuck in public. Also, this was a bit of a missed opportunity for Griff, because he could have angled that into a threesome, perhaps. I think that in that moment, because they were so in love with each other, that they wanted it to be just them. That was the romance taking over. Also, I don't think Angel, because he was clearly the most perfect character in the movie, would have allowed that to happen. I think he'd say, no, that's for next time. You two do this now. Yeah, I agree. I think that Bo would have been like, can I watch at least? I think Angel would have been like, next time, and walked away. 100%. Bo would have been like, okay, I'm gonna call up one of the other hot guys yeah. who goes to my I think, fitness class. I think Bo would have been just like, jerked off in, on them. Bo would have been like, we live in a city that is exclusively gay men and muffler. I'm just gonna go have sex with yeah. anyone. I will find. I do not worry about. I will turn around didn't. and have a dick in my mouth. If you want to tell me you didn't realize you already had a boyfriend and invite me to the pool, I'm probably going to join you. <laughs> like, if you want to light some fucking candles and throw down some goddamn rose petals and like shower me in money, I'm just gonna say yes. <laughs> but I guess that is the whole point. It's like they're just like every other kid. They just want to get laid. They just want to be loved. They just want to find boyfriends. But you're right. Definitely jaded. Definitely jaded 30 something who doesn't understand. I kind of think it's romantic that they wanted to change the scene. I would so, be like, so the nervous. area where they were, it's kind of tainted. They haven't had sex yet. So it's not a guarantee that it's going to happen. They've just expressed their love for each other. They're overwhelmed. Their emotions are raging. I... Hormones are raging. They're running off together into the night. You put your arms around me and we tumble to the ground and then you say. <laughs> so. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, there are cringy moments, but I think it's aged surprisingly well in terms of talking about safe sex and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it addresses some issues that not a lot of movies even nowadays will address. Yeah. I think it's it. And also, like like I said before. It's nice to see camaraderie amongst a group of gay guys. It's nice to see them all genuinely wanting the best for each other mm-hmm. and to see each other do well. Like that's like that's a nice storyline. And that's a agree. nice idea that, you know, people can take forward. 100%. I I absolutely recommend this movie. I think that um I think ever it, it's 
everyone did their absolute best. I think, you know, when you from from just like a production standpoint, I think that they did really well with the cast, really well with the script, really well with the with the uh, props and the sets and the foley art. I think everything about it is very well done for such a movie that it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. You know, mm-hmm. I think it did such a phenomenal job. Five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Honestly, and he'll never hear this, but thanks to Todd Stevens for creating such a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Fourteen, almost fifteen years later, you still have made such an impact, and such an impact was made on so many gays in their late teens, early twenties with this film. So, um, if anything, I hope that he hears that. I hope he knows that, like. Us in now our mid to late uh, mid to late twenties to early thirties, this movie is That's still. You age me. I'm sure he has a Google alert set up for this movie. <laughs> the minute this podcast is published, his phone will buzz somewhere in LA, and he will wake up quickly and be like, "Honey, honey, it happened! It happened!" <laughs> He's just shaking like a pomeranian. It's the big one. <laughs> so yes, everyone gets laid, but yep. they don't just get laid. They discover themselves. They discover friendship. Because again, it's the formula. It's the coming of age. It's the appeal. Mm -hmm. So they're taking the formula from those films of that time and they're giving us, they're giving it to the gays. And so all these people who are so eccentric and fucked up by the end of the film find themselves. Nico finds an old man and realizes, yeah, I was right all along. I knew myself and I stayed true to myself until it came true. And that gives you hope and optimism. And two people who weren't looking for love, were only looking for sex, found it. And it's beautiful and it shows you that love can happen at any time. And Andy saw his dreams come too and realized that everything about himself was okay. And his first time was a DP, which Mm -hmm. is beautiful. (laughs) But like, I don't think they started with a DP. He had one dick first. I love what you just said. I think what you said is exactly what this movie was set up to do. The theme of the movie is optimism. Yes. And the theme is clarified by time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was produced and presented in a way to represent a world that didn't exist. And now kind of does, and that's really beautiful. All right, so that was the episode for another gay sequel. Thank you all so much for listening. Big shout and thank you to Chad, Robbie, Casey, Joe, Tim, Kevin. I know that our microphones were kind of all over the place, but uh, we're, it's a learning process. We're doing our best. Uh, thank you to Todd Stevens for making the movie. And um, thank you all so much for listening once again. Um, I really hope you come to uh, listen to our next uh, podcast adventure. And uh, I'm going to go teach myself how to create intros and outros that don't make me seem like a douchebag. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. If you want to find me on Instagram, it's XNDRA underscore D-E-S-I-G-N, XNDRA underscore design. I would love your feedback, comments, hate mail, whatever you got for me. But let me know it's podcast related because I get a lot of weird things in my inbox. Hey, everyone. It's me, Bear Sailor Moon. You can find me on all social media platforms at Bear Sailor Moon. Including Scroff. If you want to find that, uh, you can search me at Star Fox. I like that it's still not your real name. No. You can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Jennykin underscore. Or if you have an Amex black card, you can send me a DM. They are open. 
No, just the DM that's open, sweetheart. Well, it depends on the net worth. <laughs> it opens other avenues. I have a moon kingdom. Does that count as net worth? <sighs> Better yet, I think it's more important to ask how wide are those avenues. You can find me on all social media at C-A-R-L-O-T-T-A-C-A-R-L-I-S-L-E. Amazing she can still spell that far up <laughs> in, like, name. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Chad. Follow me on Instagram at CSKIO1. Or you could buy me a pizza. I just want pizza coupons. I will also accept pizza coupons. I guess that means I have to say something funny. Shit. (laughs) I'm not sharing my pizza with you. Okay, I will. I will, I swear. (laughs) You can find me at Julia Lynch on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can find me, SJ Maroney, on Instagram. Find us on Facebook and Instagram under RWACPOD. Join our Patreon for all of our archive seasons and bonus content. And please rate and review this podcast wherever you subscribe. Until next time, go Steelers. Go Steelers.